The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. We continue today in the book of Job in chapter 38, where God has appeared to Job and is in the process of reminding him and his miserable comforter friends that he indeed is God and they are not. We are beginning to see that God is so great that Job cannot even answer one of his questions. We're going to continue to see how great God is through the questions that he asks and their continued inability to answer. Ultimately, we will see that the answer is God, no matter what the question is. Join us today as we continue to look at the greatness of God through his encounter here with Job. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
He says, look at my daily care of my creation. And the idea here, he says, it is turned as a clay to the seal, and from the wicked their light is withholding, and the high arm shall be broken. It's almost like a general, a great general, marshalling his forces, commanding his troops, the heavenly hosts, to do what they're supposed to do. We're told in the book of Colossians, the first chapter, that he upholds all things by the word of his power. There's some rules in place, certainly gravity and other physics type laws, but, uh, but God upholds it all by the word of his power. He gives us an overview of his daily care. Then he begins to give us an overview of the vastness of his creation. Have, hast thou entered into the springs of the sea? Hast thou walked in the search of the depth? He's saying, Job, just how deep is the sea? Just how deep is it? You know, they would have had no idea. They had no way of plumbing the depths. We figured out in, in our modern times that the deepest part of the sea so far that we know is that Marianas Trench in the Pacific Ocean, which is about six and a half miles deep. That's a deep, deep sea. If you had some of those, uh, if the water were drained out of the sea, you know, Mount Everest is way up in the atmosphere, 30, 5,000 some odd feet up into the, I think it goes up into the stratosphere, goes up into one of those spheres up there. But if the water were drained out of the ocean, there are mountains that come from the bottom of that sea, from the bottom of the ocean that are much, much higher than Mount Everest. Job, how deep is the sea? How much do you know about that? Verse 17, have the gates of death been opened unto thee? Hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? Job, how much do you really know about death? You know, doctors can do miraculous things, but they can't stop death. They can revive people sometimes. They can prolong life sometimes, but they cannot stop it from coming. Now, maybe this is referring to the depths of the earth. You know, people were buried, and maybe he's talking about that. If he is, how deep really is the earth, Job? He'd have had no idea. You know how deep it is? I looked it up. It's 1,800 miles from the surface sea level to the core of the earth job had no idea nobody would have had any idea of that look at verse 18 have you perceived the de the breadth of the earth declare he says tell us if you know it job how wide is the earth the circumference of the earth is 24,901 miles if you started right now and could walk or swim in a straight line that would bring you back to the point you started, you would have gone 24,000 some odd miles. How wide is it? Look at verse, look at verse 19. I, again, th let's be careful that we don't see in God's statement simply a put down of Job and his friends. And I think here we're fixing to see something really sweet, okay? Listen to what he says, verse 19. Where is the way where light dwelleth? And as for darkness, where is the place thereof? That thou shouldest take it to the bound thereof, and thou shouldest know the path to the house thereof. Essentially what he's saying here is, you know, what, what happens? You've got the east where the sun rises. You've got the west where it sets. You've got the light. You've got the darkness. He says, where is the way where light dwelleth? Where does it go? Where does it go? Where's the light? Where is darkness? Where is its place? Where is the west? How far is the east from the west? How far is the east from the west? Job, can you tell me that? 
The answer is no, he can't. He can't tell him that. But you know what? God can. God can tell exactly how far the east is from the west. Because Psalm 103 and verse 10 tells us that he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. See, even in displaying his majesty to Job, he's declaring his mercy upon men. Job, tell me how far the east is from the west. You know, if a man could tell you, he could go find the sins and bring them back. If a man, if Job could figure out how far the east is from the west, if you and I could figure that out, somebody could go grab our sins that have been put there and bring them back. But man can't do that, you see. How sweet this is. Isn't this sweet? It's a sweet reference here, I believe, to his sovereign grace. You see, Job doesn't know, but God does. And then he begins to give us an overview of the intricacies of his, of his creation. Verse 22, Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow, or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war? He says, Job, where's the snow and hail stored until I need them? God uses the hail sometimes as a weapon in casting down prideful nations. He's, he, he's, he's got snow built up in the snowpack that he can water this earth with. He's, you know, Job, where is that? Where, where do you, you know, where, where are you going to go to get it when it's needed? Tell me if you know. Verse 24, by what way is the light parted which scattereth the east wind upon the earth? Job, where's the light when I need it? Where do I keep it? Where is it stored until I keep it? Maybe, maybe this is some reference that we could understand today to physics. You know, that's Einstein had a theory of relativity. Einstein and other scientists had calculated, calculated the speed of light. But none of them have yet been able to figure it all out. Einstein himself could never get a unified theory of everything. Scientists today are still trying to figure that out. God says... I know. Where'd the light go? Where is it? Job doesn't know, but God knows. Verse 25, he says, Job, how much do you know about the rain? Who hath divided a water course for the overflowing of the waters, or a way for the lightning of thunder to cause it to rain upon the earth where no man is, on the wilderness wherein there is no man? Job, how much do you know about the rain? Can you plot the right course for the waters when they fall? Can you plan the right time for the lightning to flash? What about those places where nobody even lives, that are uninhabited? Can, can, they need water too. Can, can you handle that? <laughs> you know, we can't even get our highly trained meteorologists to tell us when it's going to rain. They'll tell us it's going to rain and it's a sunny day. They'll tell us sunny day comes a storm. None of them, they can't do that. You know, I remember the ice storm a few years ago. Nobody predicted that. I was taking a trip to Gadsden. I was headed up, no, up to uh, Fort Payne. I was headed up there. Stopped to see Sister Tina's uh, father, I believe it was, in the, in the hospital and almost didn't make it back to the interstate. It was so icy by the time I came out. Nobody predicted that, but God knows exactly. He says, tell me, 
how to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, to satisfy, verse 27, the desolate and the waste ground, to cause the bud of the timber, tender herb to spring forth. Hath the rain a father, Job? Or who has begotten the drops of dew, Job? And of course, this question is going out to all of those out there, that his friends. Verse 29, I like this. Out of whose womb came ice? Job, tell me about ice. And it's kind of a mystery, isn't it? It's kind of... Water itself is kind of a strange thing, isn't it? You know, it, it can exist in three different forms. It can exist as a, as a liquid, as a solid, and as a gas in every form there. You know, why? Why is it just because it gets cold? It congeals up to the point where you can skate on it. You know, how, how does that happen? How does it, what is the exact point where it begins to melt? And at what point exactly? Well, I know we've got these scientific calculations of, of Temperature and that sort of thing. But where, at what point and why? Job, tell me about that. Hath the rain of father, or I'm sorry, out of whose womb came the ice and the hoary frost of heaven who hath gendered it? <laughs> the intricacies of creation. And then notice what he does. He begins to give us a, a cosmic tour of the creation. Because what verses 31 and 32 are telling us about are the stars. You know, it's almost as if Job and his friends weren't already humbled enough. <laughs> if they weren't already humbled enough, he said, now let's, you know, let's look at all the things you can see. Now let's turn our attention to the heavens, Job. <laughs> I want you to look up for a minute. Can you bind the sweet influences of the Pleiades or loose the bands of Orion or bring forth Matsaroth in his season or Arcturus? Can you guide it? These are just constellations. These are stars. You know, Think about the vastness of space, beloved. I've always been fascinated with those Voyager spacecraft, Voyager 1 and 2. When I was a child in the early 1970s, it might have been, I think maybe it was 1977. So I was still a young man. I was just 10 years old. And they launched these two spacecraft in opposite directions to go explore the galaxy. And you know that Voyager 1, they're both actually still are going today and sending back radio transmissions to Earth. They're belated transmissions, of course, and there's not much information there. Voyager 1 is the first spacecraft to travel beyond the solar system and reach interstellar space. It was launched back in September of 1977. As of August of 2022, it is approximately 14.6 billion miles from Earth. Now think about what I just said. It took 1977 to 2002 for it to get there. And it still hadn't gotten to God. How many years is that? 40? Something like that? 40-something years? 45? And God is still so far beyond it. It took man that long to even get that far. He says, Job, can you bind or tile these constellations together can you can you can you harness them and keep them together you know verse 33 knowest thou the ordinances or the the laws of heaven knowest thou the ordinances of heaven canst thou set the dominion thereof in the earth men have been studying the stars for generations but no man has ever figured all the rules out much less learn how to control them all we can do is watch them all we can do is study them Job, do you know all these rules? 
Are you able to control the stars? And then in verse 34, he begins to just give us a summary of his rule over the creation. Canst thou lift up thy voice to the clouds, that abundance of waters may cover thee? Canst thou send lightnings, that they may go and say unto thee, here we are? Who hath put wisdom in the inward parts? In other words, you know, think about our bodies. Think about how amazing they are. Think about what happens when one little part gets out of whack. What about the appendix? Some of you nurses or health care workers understand it's just a little bitty thing. How many people has it killed throughout history? We're blessed today that Mason is still with us because he had appendicitis a few years ago. And if he lived 100 years ago, it probably would have killed him. How can, are you able to, to understand the wisdom and the workings of that inward, the inward parts? Who can stay the bottles of heaven when the dust groweth into hardness and the clods cleave fast together? Job, just generally speaking, Job, can you really control anything about this world and nature? Now, now these are questions to Job and his friends, but they're also good questions for us. They're also good questions for us. And we're about to get into an exposition of how God providentially provides for his creation he says here look at the majesty of my creation he's about to to tell them look at how i take care of my creation and we're about to see that all these things he's created he didn't just wind it up like a watch and let it go i think brother buddy mentioned that sometime back in a in a sermon you know some of our Great philosophers through the years, even those that believe in God, believe in what they call deism, that God created the world, wound it up, and let it go. And he doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with it anymore. See, remember what we said at the beginning? He's very pitiful and of tender mercies. You know what that means? That means he is interested in the day-to-day -day things of our lives. And he's about to talk about that. He's about to move from all these inanimate things that he's created, which are amazing. But we're about to see the animate things of creation and how God maintains them. See, creating all these things is one thing. Maintaining them for man, for man's good, is quite another. I told you we'd go to this before we got through tonight, so we're going to conclude over in Matthew chapter 6. Like I said to start with, certainly... We ought to get the point that God is much more majestic than man and his glory outshines us all. But let's not miss the point that he is also pitiful and of tender mercies. On the, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus Christ lays out sort of, he lays out the rules of his kingdom. He, you know, the Beatitudes, you might say, are the constitution of the kingdom of God. It's, how, it's the foundational principles. But he goes on to elaborate upon them, and, he, and he, he almost, if you will, gives us a restatement of the, of the last few chapters of Job here in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. Listen to this. Jesus says this, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. It's not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. We're about to see that in the next time. We're going to see how God feeds His creation. He takes care of them. 
He says, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add a cubit to his stature? Which, why, why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. God takes better care of the lilies of the field than Solomon took care of his own household and his own body. Now listen to this. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not more, much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? And listen to this as we close. I believe it's over in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus says this in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 29. Remember, he's just told us about all the glory of creation, all the majesty of God. Are not two sparrows which God created? Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? You know, my grandmother hated sparrows. <laughs> she called them town birds. And she had even fixed up a little fishing pole with a big long hook on the end. She could walk out and it was like, a couple of poles put together. It was a long thing. She could go out and tear those nests up and get rid of them. Nobody likes, around our house, likes sparrows. They, nobody likes town birds. They just make a mess and they, they, they're all time chirping and all that. But I want you to notice they are part of God's creation. And listen to what it says here. They're sold for a farthing. There's nothing to them. And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. I understand this is not kind of some kind of absolutism God's causing them to fall. It's not what it said. It just said that what happens to them doesn't happen to them apart from God's engagement, apart from God's knowledge, apart from God's care. He says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. The very hairs of your head are all numbered. I grant you it's easier to number the hairs of my head today than it was 25 years ago. But I bet you you still would have a hard time counting them. But God knows. He's got them numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. You see, I believe that's one of the main points of the book of Job. They were accusing God of not caring, accusing God of being legalistically just and just coming down to swat Job around because Job was being unjust. Job was thinking God is unjust because he knew he hadn't done anything to warrant this kind of treatment. And, and ultimately, God comes on the scene and says, you need to remember who I am. I'm greater than you. Don't be questioning me. Gird up your loins like a man. I'm going to ask the questions. But remember through it all that I am very pitiful and full of tender mercies. The references in here are not just a put down of man, although man should be put down, but it is an understanding that God has lifted man up. He has lifted up his people in ways that they didn't deserve, and he cares about his creation, and oh, child of God, he cares about you. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace.
If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.